0: Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew.
1: Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. TODAY I'M INTO MY FOURTH WEEK OF TEACHING ON A BRAND NEW SERIES THAT I'VE GOT ENTITLED, BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. WE HAVE AN ENTIRE PACKAGE OF MATERIAL HERE THAT COMES, AND IT HAS AUDIO, IT HAS VIDEO, AND IT HAS THIS STUDY GUIDE THAT SPECIFICALLY YOU CAN USE TO REFERENCE THINGS, TO UNDERLINE, TO HIGHLIGHT. I'VE GOT A LOT OF STATISTICS, GRAPHS, QUOTES IN HERE, AND THINGS THAT'LL HELP YOU. AND THIS COMING FRIDAY WILL BE MY LAST DAY TO OFFER THIS OVER OUR TV PROGRAM. SO PLEASE GO TO THE EFFORT OF ORDERING THIS. I PROMISE YOU, IT WILL HELP YOU, NOT ONLY INDIVIDUALLY, BUT IT'LL HELP YOU TO HELP OTHER PEOPLE. AND TODAY, WE'RE GOING TO START TALKING ABOUT THE FALLEN NATURE OF MAN. THIS IS RADICAL STUFF. MOST OF YOU HAVE NEVER HEARD SOMEBODY SAY THE THINGS THAT I'M GOING TO BE SAYING THE REST OF THIS WEEK ABOUT THE FALLEN NATURE OF MAN, BUT IT'S STRAIGHT FROM SCRIPTURE. IT'LL HELP YOU. SO WATCH THIS. I'LL BE BACK AT THE END OF TODAY'S PROGRAM. WELCOME TO ANOTHER SEGMENT IN OUR BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW SERIES. AND IN THIS SEGMENT, WHAT I'M GOING TO DO IS TALK ABOUT THE FALLEN NATURE OF MAN. I know that that doesn't sound really exciting and I can guarantee you that the majority of people who will be watching this probably will not agree with this or it may not be that you reject it, it may be that you've never heard this. This is not a commonly held belief and yet I believe it is essential. This may be one of the most important things that I've ever taught as far as balancing things out. You know, I just got through teaching about the true nature of God. And of course, God has been misrepresented. I believe it's inspired by the devil to misrepresent God and to cause people to have a wrong opinion about him. But Satan also has hid from people what the true nature of man is. We need to understand who we are without Christ. This is before we got born again, and even after we get born again, it's our spirits that got changed. WE STILL HAVE A SOUL, THAT'S OUR MENTAL AND EMOTIONAL PART OF US, AND A PHYSICAL BODY THAT HAVE NOT BEEN SAVED. THEY'VE BEEN PURCHASED, GOD HAS MADE A PAYMENT FOR THEM, SOMEDAY WE'RE GOING TO GET A GLORIFIED BODY, SOMEDAY WE'LL HAVE A BRAND NEW SOUL THAT WILL KNOW ALL THINGS EVEN AS ALSO WE ARE KNOWN, AND SO PRAISE GOD FOR THAT. BUT AT THE MOMENT, TWO-THIRDS OF YOU IS STILL NOT SAVED. YOU HAVE THE SEED OF GOD ON THE INSIDE OF YOU IN THE SPIRIT, AND THAT BORN AGAIN SPIRIT IS AWESOME. I WILL BE DEALING WITH THIS, AND I'M GOING TO AMPLIFY ON THAT. THAT IS ONE OF THE MAJOR THINGS THAT WE NEED TO UNDERSTAND IN HAVING A BIBLICAL worldview. BUT YOU NEED TO RECOGNIZE THAT THERE IS A PART OF US THAT IS CORRUPTED BY SIN, THAT IS STILL SUBJECT TO ALL KINDS OF PROBLEMS THAT HAS TO BE RENEWED. AND IF YOU DON'T FULLY APPRECIATE WHAT JESUS SAVED YOU FROM, THEN YOU WILL NOT HAVE A FULL APPRECIATION OF WHAT WE HAVE IN CHRIST. THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE TODAY THAT HONESTLY THINK THAT THEY ARE AWESOME ON THEIR OWN, APART FROM CHRIST. AND I'M GOING TO BE GOING THROUGH A LOT OF SCRIPTURES AND SHOWING YOU A LOT OF THINGS, BUT THE LORD SAID THAT WITHOUT HIM, WE CAN DO NOTHING. MOST PEOPLE DON'T AGREE WITH THAT. MOST PEOPLE BELIEVE THAT I AM AWESOME AND THAT, GOD, IF YOU WILL JUST GET ME INTRODUCED, I CAN HANDLE IT FROM HERE. NO WONDER YOU CHOSE ME. WHAT A GREAT CHOICE. DID YOU KNOW THAT THAT ATTITUDE WILL LEAD YOU TO TOTAL DEFEAT? YOU KNOW, I'VE GOT A VERY GOOD FRIEND OF MINE WHO I LOVE, AND HE'S A GREAT MAN, BUT HE IS JUST SUPER TALENTED, HAS ALL OF THESE ABILITIES, AND BECAUSE OF THAT, HE CAN DO A LOT OF THINGS IN HIS OWN STRENGTH AND IN HIS OWN POWER, AND HE DOESN'T HAVE TO BE God-dependent the way I do or the way that so many other people do. You know, he can just get a lot of things done on his own, and because of that, his relationship with the Lord slipped. He was going on his own strength and on energy, and he just crashed and burned, and I tell you what, it's devastating to him. I believe that the end result of this is gonna be very good because he's now come to the place that he realizes that his flesh may be better than my flesh, but it's still flesh, it just, it doesn't work. And you have to come to this realization. You need to have an understanding that it's only through Christ that we can do all things, Philippians 4, 13. And so many people have just left off that little phrase that I can do all things through Christ, and they are just up saying that I can do all things, and there are many Christians even teaching that, you know, you're a new person and you need to believe God for big things, and all of those statements are true. BUT YOU NEED TO RECOGNIZE THAT WHEN YOU ARE BELIEVING GOD FOR AWESOME THINGS AND FOR GOD TO USE YOU AND TO BLESS YOU AND TO PROSPER YOU AND THINGS TO HAPPEN, THAT IT IS ONLY THROUGH CHRIST THAT YOU CAN DO THIS. IT IS BENEFICIAL FOR YOU TO RECOGNIZE WHO WE WERE BEFORE WE GOT SAVED AND EVEN AFTER WE GOT SAVED THAT IT'S ONLY IN THE SPIRIT THAT WE ARE PERFECT AND COMPLETE AND HAVE OUR NEW IDENTITY, THAT WE STILL HAVE A SOUL AND A BODY THAT WE'RE ALL PROGRAMMED WRONG, WE HAVE WRONG VALUES AND STUFF, AND WE ARE IN THE PROCESS OF RENEWING OUR MIND, AND UNLESS YOU ARE TURNING AWAY FROM THIS SELF-CONFIDENCE AND SELF-PROMOTION AND SELF-LOVE TO WHERE YOU ARE DOING EVERYTHING TO GLORIFY GOD AND TO FLOW IN HIS POWER AND LET HIM LIVE THROUGH YOU, AS THE APOSTLE PAUL SAID IN GALATIANS 2.20, THAT I AM CRUCIFIED WITH CHRIST, NEVERTHELESS I LIVE, YET NOT I, BUT CHRIST LIVETH IN ME, AND THE LIFE THAT I NOW LIVE IN THE FLESH, I LIVE BY THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD, WHO LOVED ME AND GAVE HIMSELF FOR ME." THE SECRET TO THE CHRISTIAN LIFE IS NOT YOU, JUST, YOU KNOW, IT'S NOT LIKE GOD JUST, uh, WE HAD BEEN KNOCKED FLAT OF OUR FACE THROUGH SIN AND THROUGH THE THINGS, AND SO GOD PICKS US UP AND POINTS US IN THE RIGHT DIRECTION, WINDS US UP AND SAYS, NOW, SEE IF YOU CAN DO IT BETTER. I can guarantee if that's all there was to salvation, you and I would destroy the salvation that God has given us just as surely as the very first time that we tried it. No, God didn't just dust us off and say, now, see if you can do it better. The Christian life is not a changed life, it's an exchanged life. You literally have to turn from your own logic, and there's so many scriptures, I'm going to be referring to these, but the scripture says, trust in the Lord, WITH ALL OF YOUR HEART, AND LEAN NOT UNTO YOUR OWN UNDERSTANDING. IN ALL OF YOUR WAYS ACKNOWLEDGE HIM, AND HE SHALL DIRECT YOUR paths. AND I'M GOING TO BE GOING INTO A LOT MORE DETAIL, BUT I'M JUST SAYING THIS IN WAY OF INTRODUCTION, THAT MOST PEOPLE THINK, WELL, LET'S FORGET ABOUT WHAT MISTAKES I'VE MADE AND WHAT HAPPENED TO US WHEN WE WERE LOST. I'M A NEW PERSON NOW, AND LET'S GO ON AND JUST FIND OUT WHO WE ARE AND WHAT OUR CAPABILITIES ARE IN CHRIST. WELL, IF YOU FULLY UNDERSTOOD WHAT YOU'VE BEEN DELIVERED FROM AND IF YOU HAD NO CONFIDENCE IN THE FLESH, THAT WOULD BE FINE. BUT THE SAD FACT IS MOST PEOPLE HAVE NOT HEARD THE THINGS THAT I'M GOING TO BE TALKING ABOUT TODAY. BECAUSE OF THIS, THEY JUST USE THE LORD WHEN THEY RUN TO THE END OF themselves, WHEN THEIR ABILITY, SAY FOR INSTANCE IN FINANCES, YOU'RE TRYING TO MAKE A LIVING AND YOU HIT A ROUGH SPOT, and when you're in trouble, most people call out to God for help. But if they aren't in trouble, well, then they're just content to do things on their own. When it comes to physical things, most people just go on and they take for granted their health and all of these kind of things. Don't think about it until something happens, and then they get to seeking the Lord. I'm telling you, the time to be building your house upon the rock is not when the storm is raging and when you are in a battle for your life. You need to build your house. WHILE THE SUN IS OUT AND SHINING AND EVERYTHING IS GOOD, THAT'S WHEN YOU DO THE WORK. BEFORE YOU GET SICK, BEFORE YOU ARE IN TROUBLE, YOU NEED TO BE BUILDING YOURSELF AND and ESTABLISHING YOUR FAITH UPON WHAT GOD HAS SAID ABOUT YOU. BUT SEE, MOST PEOPLE, AGAIN, THEY DON'T DEPEND UPON GOD UNTIL THEY COME TO THE END OF themselves. AND YOU DON'T HAVE TO WAIT ON TRAGEDY TO BRING YOU TO THAT PLACE. YOU CAN DO THIS, AND IF YOU WILL RECEIVE the scriptures and the things that I'm going to be saying to you here, you can come to this by revelation and not through being knocked flat of your face. You know, there really is no bad way for you to come to the end of yourself. This friend of mine that I was talking about that just, you know, made some stupid mistakes and is is really in a bad position right now. Uh, As I was talking to him, he, you know, we admitted that if he responds properly to this, this could be one of the best things that's ever happened in his life. Now it's a shame that he got there through making the mistakes that he did, but if he responds correctly, this could be a turning point. He could look back and this could be a defining moment in his life. Could be one of the best things that ever happened to him. So in that sense, you know, if if the outcome of it is good, well then that's that's great, but you don't have to just make these mistakes. You don't have to Give Satan this ammunition. You don't have to let him literally destroy your life and bring you to where you are just living in the pig pen before you realize that this is not the way to go. You can receive it by revelation. You know, in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1, it says, Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Hopefully, that's all of us. HOPEFULLY THE REASON THAT YOU'RE WATCHING THIS TODAY IS BECAUSE YOU ARE SEEKING AFTER GOD, AND RIGHTEOUSNESS IS JUST TALKING ABOUT YOUR RIGHT RELATIONSHIP, RIGHT STANDING WITH GOD. IF YOU ARE DESIRING TO HAVE RIGHT RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD, AND YOU'RE WANTING TO KNOW MORE ABOUT WHAT GOD HAS DONE FOR YOU, THEN THIS IS FOR YOU. HEARKEN TO ME, YE THAT FOLLOW AFTER RIGHTEOUSNESS, YE THAT SEEK THE LORD. LOOK UNTO THE ROCK WHENCE YE ARE hewn AND TO THE HOLE OF THE PIT WHENCE YE ARE DIGGED. You know, God used this in my life many, many years ago. And what this is saying is the rock that you were hewn from is Jesus. And we have made this confession, and He is a rock. He is a refuge for us. And we have been uh, cut out of that piece of rock. There's many symbolism in the Bible about this that would verify that. And the whole of the pit that you were digged from is talking about look at what you were in, look what your life was like. BEFORE YOU MEANT THE LORD. AND I BELIEVE YOU NEED TO BE LOOKING IN BOTH OF THESE DIRECTIONS. YOU KNOW, IN ONE SENSE, LOOKING UNTO JESUS, THE AUTHOR AND THE FINISHER OF YOUR FAITH, FINDING OUT WHO YOU ARE IN HIM IS DIRECTLY OPPOSITE THE DIRECTION OF LOOKING WHERE YOU CAME FROM AND LOOKING AT THE MESS THAT YOU WERE IN. BUT YOU REALLY NEED TO BE LOOKING IN BOTH OF THESE DIRECTIONS. YOU DON'T EVER NEED TO FORGET WHAT GOD HAS DONE IN YOUR LIFE. IN LUKE CHAPTER 7, and VERSE 47, THIS IS WHERE JESUS was in the Pharisee's house. The woman came and anointed his feet with this precious ointment that was nearly a year's salary is how expensive this ointment was. And then she began to wipe his feet with her hair. And she showed this tremendous amount of affection for Jesus. And the Pharisees and Judas and other people were saying, this ointment could have been sold for so much money and given to the poor. They said, if this man was really a true prophet, he would understand that this woman is a sinner. And the way that Jesus responded to this was to say, Simon, I came into your house and you didn't anoint my head with oil, you didn't wash my feet, you didn't show me the kindness that this woman has done, and you are sitting there criticizing her because she's she's a sinner. But the fact is that those who've been forgiven much will love much. This woman has been forgiven a lot, and therefore she loves a lot. And so the Lord accepted her worship and actually blessed her and praised her for it. And so the point is that those who've been forgiven a lot love a lot. You know, the truth is every one of us have been forgiven a lot. There isn't a hell number two or a hell number three. If you miss heaven by an inch, you are going to be in the same category as the person who missed it by a mile the person who totally hated God and didn't want anything to do with God, that was a rapist, a murderer, you're going to be in the same spot with all of them. It's not like there's a good section of hell and then a bad section of hell. If you miss heaven by an inch, you miss it by a mile. And if you think about that, well, then every one of us have a lot to be praising God for. But Jesus did say, those who've been forgiven much will love much. And I've had some people say, you just can't understand what I've gone through. Because, you know, I've been blessed. Just a couple of days ago, I was back in Arlington, Texas, where I grew up. I was back there for a friend of mine, his 90th birthday, Joan A., the man who was like my mentor. And I went back to see him, and I just drove around. And I went to the house that Jamie grew up in. We grew up about a mile apart from each other. I went by my house. I went to the place where I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where God touched my life, March the 23rd, 1968. The place where I spoke in tongues for the first time, the place where God called me to preach. I went by and saw the house where I cast the first demon out of a person. And I just, I mean, a flood of memories came back to me. And I was just praising God and thanking God for the way that He's moved in my life. That my parents instructed me. I got born again when I was eight years old. I've never done a lot of the things that other people have done. And so therefore, some people say, well, then you just can't love God as much. But you know, one of the things that happened in my life, and I'm just now, I mean 51 years later, after this experience, March the 23rd, 1968, 51 years later, I am just now beginning to fully appreciate this. But the way that God touched my life, I believe, has, made a huge difference between me and a lot of other people that maybe have heard and God has revealed to them some of the exact same things he showed me. But the way that he moved in my life, I lived this relatively holy life. And because of that, I got into this Pharisee syndrome where I thought I was better than other people. I was looking down my nose and thinking that, you know, I don't dip or cuss or chew or go with those that do. And because of it, I'm better than you. AND I WAS HAVING THIS ATTITUDE, AND I FELT LIKE GOD OWED ME SOMETHING. I FELT LIKE I DESERVED GOD'S GOODNESS IN MY LIFE. AND IT WAS ALL ABOUT ME. I WAS WITNESSING. I WAS LEADING PEOPLE TO THE LORD, AND and I COULD SPEND THE ENTIRE TIME ON THIS. i want TO SAY THESE THINGS VERY QUICKLY AND GET ON TO OTHER POINTS. BUT I WAS LEADING PEOPLE TO THE LORD. I WAS AN INTROVERT, AND YET I WAS FORCING MYSELF TO OVERCOME THIS FEAR that I had of being around and speaking to people that I didn't know, and I would go out and I started a special youth visitation. I was leading people to the Lord every week. Uh, I say leading them to the Lord. I was leading them through our little program that we had, and I'd just say, is there any reason you can't pray with me? And there's not very many people that'll just say, they aren't as bold as to say, yes, I want to go to hell. Leave me alone. I could get people to pray with me. Now, whether they were born again or not, I don't know but I was supposedly leading people to the Lord. Every Sunday, I'd get up in front of my church and show them the scalps, how many people I led to the Lord. I'd come back, and I was doing all of this, but I was doing it all for me. I was doing it all so that I could receive praise from people. I wasn't doing it for God. I didn't actually care about those people. I had this little thing that I went through, and again, I was an introvert, so it was hard for me to do this, and I had memorized the spiel WE WENT THROUGH A TRAINING, AND WHEN YOU WALK INTO A PERSON'S HOUSE, IF THEY WOULD LET YOU IN, YOU LOOK AROUND, AND IF YOU SEE A PICTURE OF A HORSE OR SOMETHING ON THE WALL, YOU SAY, OH, YOU MUST LOVE HORSES. WELL, I HAVE HORSES, AND YOU, YOU START STRIKING UP A CONVERSATION, AND and IT WAS A FORMULA THAT WE WENT THROUGH. AND THEN I WOULD TELL THEM THESE THINGS, WE HAD THE ROMAN ROAD, ROMANS 3.23, ROMANS 623, Romans 5, 8, Romans 10, 9 and 10, and I'd lead them through and build up to this and say, now, will you pray with me? And I could get people to pray the prayer, but whether or not they were truly born again, I don't know, and I honestly didn't care. It wasn't about them, it was about me. I wanted the praise of people, and not only the praise of people, but I thought that this would earn me favor with God, And so I was doing all of these religious things and forcing myself to be out of my comfort zone and to do things. But in this prayer meeting on March the 23rd, 1968, I was there with my best friends, and this is what we did every Saturday night. We would get together and we would pray from like 10 o'clock until 11 o'clock or something like that. Now that gives you some indication of what my life was like for an 18-year-old boy uh, on Saturday night to be getting together with his best friends and praying says a lot without me having to go into more detail. We also had the youth director of our church there. We had the administrative person and some other people, and we were meeting in the Baptist pastor's study of University Baptist Church in Arlington, Texas. I just went there couple of days ago and was sitting outside looking at this place where I really encountered God. Now, I was born again, but I was doing these things, trying to earn the praise of man and the pleasure of God. And as we were getting there to pray, again, my prayer life was very shallow. It was just, you know, a minute or two at a time is all I could force myself to do. And it was just a typical type of prayer, like, God, forgive us of our many sins. Lord help us Lord send revival we if somebody was hurting or something we might mention their name and pray for them and it was just the same thing over and over but we had this one man in our church he was the youth director his name was Marion Warren and this man when he prayed his prayer was different than my prayers or anybody else's that I knew i mean he talked to the lord like god was right there it wasn't just vain repetition it wasn't just you know, going through a prayer list and saying, oh, God, bless this person and bless this person. He talked to God, and he would actually sometimes stop, and the Lord would talk back to him, and he would ha- carry on this conversation. And I loved it. I mean, it really touched me, it, it inspired me, and let me realize that there was something more than what I had, and so I loved hearing him pray, but once he prayed, and I mean, he could pray for 15 or 20 minutes, and once he prayed, there was nothing left for me to say. So I always made a point of getting my little two-minute prayer out of the way before Marion prayed, because after he prayed, there was nothing for me to say, and the contrast between what I did and what he did just made me look bad. (laughs) So anyway, I always prayed first. Well, I was sitting there visiting with my friends, and we were just talking about something, and Marion was really burdened about some things that night, and Marion just fell on his face in this pastor study and started praying and pouring out his heart and praying to God. And instead of me entering in and praying with him and showing any compassion or concern about him or the people he was praying for, you know what I was doing? I was there, I was kneeling down on the ground, and I had my eyes closed, but it was all about me. God, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Marion is going to pray for 30 minutes, AND I'M GONNA LOOK BAD, ALL OF MY FRIENDS, I'M NOT GONNA LOOK GOOD, AND IT WAS ALL ABOUT ME. AND YOU KNOW WHAT HAPPENED, I DON'T KNOW HOW THIS HAPPENED, BUT ALL OF A SUDDEN, IT'S LIKE GOD REMOVED A CURTAIN, HE OPENED UP MY EYES, AND SHOWED ME WHAT AN ABSOLUTE HYPOCRITE I WAS, THAT ALL OF THE WITNESSING I WAS DOING, MY HOLY LIVING, MY PRAYER, EVERYTHING I WAS DOING WAS FOR THE PRAISE OF OTHER PEOPLE and he showed me that I was a modern-day Pharisee, that I might have been doing some of the right things, but I was doing it for the praise of man, and he just showed me that the worst sin of all, and many people may not even agree with this, but I believe it. The worst sin of all is the sin of self-righteousness, trusting in yourself, glorifying yourself, depending upon yourself, and... I don't know how it happened, but I understood this. It was just an impartation. It was a revelation from God. God showed me this. And as Marion was on the floor praying, God was just dealing with me and showing me what a hypocrite I was. And he wasn't doing it because he hated me. Now, at the time, I didn't understand this. And I had been taught that God is the one that killed my dad when I was 12 years old and that God needed him in heaven. I was actually told that by the pastor of the church. And I was taught that if you did stuff wrong, if you sinned, that man, God's liable to put sickness on you. He's liable to kill somebody close to you. He'll let your marriage fail. He'll let your business fail and stuff. And I had a, a wrong impression of God. And I honestly, when I saw myself as a religious hypocrite and I saw that self-righteousness that I had in me, I honestly thought that God was going to kill me. And I know that for some of you, you may think that I just made all of this up and that it was only something inside of me, but I mean, this was 180 degrees opposite of the way I had ever thought in my life. And all of a sudden, this was a revelation from God. I saw myself in relation to His perfect standard and the right attitudes. I saw myself as an absolute sinner. When it came my turn, I began to pray. And instead of my little two or three minute prayer, I prayed for an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. And I turned myself inside out and I just started repenting before God. I honestly thought that God was going to kill me. When I saw how ungodly I was compared to what God intended and that all of my motives were completely wrong, I honestly thought that God was going to kill me. I was in the presence of God, and I don't know how to make this clear to people, but it happened. The glory of God came into that place. God revealed Himself to me. I saw the glory of God, and I saw in relation to His perfect standard that, man, all of my righteousness was like a filthy rag. Man, that's awesome. I tell you, I'm saying some things here that most people don't believe. A lot of people believe that people are basically good. That's not what the Bible teaches. And if you have a wrong worldview about the nature of man, then you are going to come to wrong conclusions and wrong actions. This is absolutely essential that you understand these truths. So please get this material. This coming Friday will be my last day to advertise this over television. Please call or write today to receive these teachings.
0: On March 23rd, 1968, Andrew Wommack received a dramatic revelation of God's unconditional love and grace. Since then, Andrew has shared this nearly too-good-to-be-true news with millions of listeners worldwide. With his daily television show reaching 4.4 billion people worldwide, Andrew's message is changing more lives than ever before. He's expanding the vision through Karis Bible College, which has already discipled thousands of students around the globe and continues to grow every year. To learn more about what God is doing through the ministry, visit awmi.net.
1: I'D LIKE TO GIVE YOU A SPECIAL INVITATION TO JOIN ME ON SEPTEMBER THE 24TH THROUGH THE 26TH FOR OUR IDENTITY IN CHRIST CONFERENCE. I'M GOING TO HAVE PASTOR Dwayne SHERIFF WITH ME. HE'S ONE OF MY GREAT FRIENDS. HE'S ON MY BOARD OF DIRECTORS. HE IS ONE OF THE MOST POWERFUL MINISTERS THAT I KNOW. AND BOTH OF US, IT IS THIS TRUTH ABOUT WHO WE ARE IN CHRIST, A REVELATION OF WHAT I CALL SPIRIT, SOUL, AND BODY THAT HAS CHANGED OUR LIVES. AND WE ARE JUST GOING TO TAKE BOTH OF our teachings, both of our revelations, what God has done in our life, and just pour it into you for these three days. Remember, it's September the 24th through the 26th, our Identity in Christ Conference. Today,
0: Andrew's pleased to offer his highly anticipated series, Biblical Worldview, Foundational Truths. In this series, Andrew outlines the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product detail and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen.
1: If you haven't yet partnered with us, I'd like to encourage you to pray about it. And then if the Lord says so, join with us. BECAUSE WE ARE TAKING THE GOSPEL NOT ONLY THROUGH TELEVISION, BUT WE HAVE 8,000 STUDENTS GOING THROUGH CARIS BIBLE COLLEGE WITH OVER 8,000 GRADUATES. WE'RE PUMPING OUT OVER 200,000 FREE HOURS OF MATERIAL ON OUR WEBSITE, AND WE'RE JUST REACHING ALL AROUND THE WORLD. WE COULDN'T DO IT WITHOUT PARTNERS. SO JOIN WITH US AND BECOME A PARTNER WITH US TODAY.